good morning. It's uh, really great to be here. The best thing is, is that they let me out today. And so uh, that's always a blessing. Um, and I think I think I heard my, I, we've been staying with my daughter and my son-in-law. I think I heard my son-in-law saying that uh, um, that I had to come today. So I think that uh, that might have had something to do with it too. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, we are glad to be here. We always like to come to uh, uh, to Freedom Baptist Church and uh uh, today is no different. So uh, if we could, I want to turn to the book of Acts in chapter number two. The book of Acts, chapter number two. I also want to say that I appreciate the, the good uh, music um, with, uh, I've got to get my, uh, I get myself turned on here. All right, is that better, sir? All right. He's giving me the high sign and I'm ignoring him and so he's... <laughs> He's going to beat the fire out of me later. but uh, <laughs> So anyway, I was saying I do appreciate the good music, uh, and uh, that, that's always a blessing to me. Uh, I'm not uh, blessed with that talent. I play the radio, and I sing for fire drills, and that's about all. But uh, So I appreciate those that can sing. I really do. And uh, so thank you. That was a blessing this morning. Uh, so Acts chapter number 2, verse, uh, verses 36 through 38 and then we'll go to Acts chapter 7 after that uh, for a, a couple verses there. But Acts chapter 2, verse, verses 36 through 38, says there, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. In verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were pricked at their heart, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent ye and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then if we could go to Acts chapter 7, please. The um, seventh chapter of Acts. We'll read uh, verse uh, 54. And then skip down to a couple others. But verse 54 says there, When they heard these things, they were cut to their heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. And then verses 57, 58, Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And if we could pray for a moment, please. Our Father God, we thank you for um, the opportunity uh, to, to, uh, to preach. We thank you for uh, the technology of today that allows us to meet even under these most difficult circumstances. And I pray, Father, that you would bless this message, that you would just use it to speak to those that are... Uh, out in, in, their, in their homes and listening. And I pray, Father, that you would uh, just uh, work through the message and, and, uh, and save souls. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. And so what I want to talk about here this morning is um, different reactions to the gospel. And uh, we've read two passages of scripture here that, uh, that uh, are stark contrasts to each other. In the first one, Peter preached on Pentecost, and there Peter uh, uh, preached that, they, that Jesus Christ had been crucified, and they were guilty of doing it, and, and, they, and, and the Bible says they were pricked at heart, and they said, what shall we do? And then we read in, in chapter 7, this is Stephen preaching, and that was a whole different audience and a whole different reaction. 
because they heard basically the same message. Now, Stephen went through and kind of gave a history of Israel and their relationship with God and tied that in with Jesus Christ. And they heard the message and their reaction, the Bible says, they weren't pricked at heart, but they were cut at heart. And then being cut at heart, what did they do? They ran on him. They gnashed on him with their teeth. They took him out of the city and they stoned him. And so uh, the same message, but two different reactions that you see to the gospel here. And so today I want to talk about four or five uh, different uh, reactions that people have had to the gospel. Um, so... Paul told Timothy, be instant in season and out of season, to preach the word of God. And I think it's safe to say that when Peter preached, that was in season, right? That would be a top popular time to preach. Everybody would like to preach when they say, what should we do when 3,000 people come and get saved? That's tremendous. But then Stephen, on the other hand, he was preaching out of season. Because Stephen preached this basically the same thing, and they didn't say, what shall we do? Uh, but they gnashed on him with their teeth, and they, and they ran upon him, and they stoned him, and they killed him, and he became a martyr. And uh, so instant in season and out of season. So the, the reaction isn't what's important. The message is what's important. And so they, we preach the message. Now, uh, we're going to be in several places, but we'll stay in Acts for the most part here. So if we could look at Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter number 16, uh, Paul was, was uh, speaking here and verses 20 and 21. So Acts chapter 16, verses 20 and 21 uh, we read there, uh, well, let's read verse 19 as well for a little bit of context. And when the master, when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas, drew them into the marketplace onto the rulers, brought them to the magistrates, saying, these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city. Verse 21, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive neither to observe being Romans. And so the first thing we see is prejudice. Prejudice can affect a person's reaction to the gospel. Because here in verse 20, these magistrates, they, they said that they came to the magistrates, and what was the reason that they said that these guys were bad? Because they were Jews. See, and we being Romans, we can't accept that. You see, and so oftentimes you have that block there because the, the Jews are preaching. Now, uh, we work in Eastern Europe, and uh, it's interesting because here we all generally uh, pretty much accept this, uh, this principle of uh, eternal security, right? Once you get saved, you're saved, and you don't lose your salvation. And uh, that's a Bible principle, and we understand that. But in Eastern Europe... Many of the Baptists there do not believe in, in the eternal security doctrine. And uh, I had a fellow tell me one time when we were talking about eternal security, he said that eternal security is a Western heresy that you're bringing to our people. And so, uh, again, that, so this was an American doctrine that was polluting their people. So there can be a prejudice, you know, and they're foreigners and they're teaching customs that aren't uh, lawful for us to receive, they said. Oftentimes people have that mindset, don't they? Where it's something new, it's something we've never done, it's something I never heard, therefore it can't be right. And therefore I can't listen to it, I can't have it, we can't have this. And so oftentimes we don't do it, so it must be wrong. 
And that's kind of what was happening here in this passage of Scripture. He came to them and he preached and he said, and they said, they're Jews, we're Gentiles, so we can't receive it. Strictly for that reason is what they said. Now, there were other things that went into that, and we'll look at some of that a little bit later as well. But uh, so the first thing is prejudice. Strictly, they were Jews and we're Gentiles, we're Greeks, and so we can't, we can't listen to what they have to say. And, and you get shut off there. Now, one chapter over in Acts chapter 17, uh, and verse number 18, we see another instance here. Uh, we'll read again uh, uh, a verse ahead of it, uh, verse 17 as well. Therefore disputed he in the synagogues with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Verse 18, then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him and said, what will this babbler say? Some other, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And so uh, we saw the prejudice uh, in the first case, but now here we see philosophy. Oftentimes philosophy has an effect on how people receive or whether they will or will not receive the gospel. And so this philosophy, and uh, usually with philosophy there's an emphasis on education. And again, in our part of the world, in Eastern Europe, uh, um, these, the, we, know, uh, we know already, but uh, they tend to be very humanistic in society. And uh, as a result, there's a high premium and a high emphasis that is put upon education. And everybody, uh, everybody in our country is, edu is educated, but, uh, and, and that's a good thing. But in, in, uh, in Eastern Europe, in Belarus specifically, education is like a god. Because you, you, you have a, a, a high degree, whether, you, uh, whether you're a doctor, whether, you're, whether you pick, take out the garbage. You have a college, you have a university degree. And it's a high emphasis put on that, and the emphasis on the fact that, uh, that we are uh, getting better, you know, that humanistic philosophy, man is getting better, man doesn't need God, because we can become smarter, and we can become more intelligent, and these types of things uh, that take place here. And so this philosophy, and, uh, you know, much learning, but never really learning anything, but never having much knowledge. You know, uh, uh, um, what does the Bible say? Never coming to the knowledge of, uh, of the truth. Yes, yes, thank you, preacher. And so, and that's what, that's what often happens here, is, is they learn and they learn and they learn, but they really don't know anything. They just have a lot of facts in their head, and they have a lot of knowledge in their head. And it, it can be because intellect is a very important thing. Uh, verse number 21, the same chapter there, uh, chapter 17, verse uh, number 21, and the Athenians and strangers that were uh, there uh, spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or hear something new. And that's what we're talking about here. That's what these guys did. They just want to hear something new. And uh, it's interesting because we would go, uh, in uh, part of our ministry is we, uh, we teach English, and we have these English clubs that meet on Sunday evenings as a way to get people together and, and, and get to know people and, and build relationships. And uh, 
we can we can go to these clubs and we prepare uh we always have a a lesson from the bible along with the english part of it and you and uh, i've gone there and i've prepared a lesson carefully and prayed about it and and really was enthused about it and and was careful to to teach it and and uh, and everything and then uh, at the end they'll come up to you and they'll say uh, that was really interesting and they walk away and that's it because they are wanting to hear something new and it's something new and rather than list rather than seeing the spiritual aspect of it it's just more knowledge to put into their file cabinet you know and so it's very interesting to them and so intellect philosophy education these can be things that uh, that keep people from uh, responding in a positive way to the gospel and uh, if you'd look then also in chapter 17 but verse number 22, um, uh, it says there, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Uh, for I passed by and beheld your devotions and found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. And so uh, the third reason we see that prejudice can affect the way a person uh, receives the gospel. Philosophy can have, the, have a negative effect. But then religion is a problem also oftentimes. And you would think, why would religion be a problem? Because that's what the gospel is. It's religion. But here, these fellas, that we see these people, they were worshiping a God and they didn't even know who it was. It's an unknown God that they're worshiping. And so this was religion. But it was a religion that was preventing them from understanding the gospel. It was, a, it was preventing them uh, superstitions. Uh, verse number 22, he, Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, uh, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. And so oftentimes these superstitions can cause, uh, can cause people to reject the gospel because they, they, they have been told something else all of their lives from, from the time. How many times have you talked to somebody and asked them, why do you do what you do? Well, you know, I don't know. We've just always done that. You know, and, and oftentimes in our part of the world, we'll ask questions like that and they'll say, well, you know, this is what my grandmother did. This is what my mother did. And so this is what we do. And our kids will do the same and, and all those kind of things. And uh, uh, one, of, one example is baptism. Why do, why do you have your child baptized? Well, your, your, your infant baptized. Well, because that's what we always did. We always do that. And why, well, but why do you do it? Well, because we do it. And there's no real reason for it other than that it's what they've always done. And so um, that, that, that superstition, that tradition that often takes place, uh, and uh, even, even idolatry in, in verse 24, God made the world and the things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of the heaven and the earth, uh, dwelleth not in temples made by hands. And so oftentimes that's what happens is we see that uh, uh, men worship temples made by hands. We worship things that are made by hand. And uh, the, uh, the Orthodox religion is very similar. That's the that's um, prominent religion in, in the uh, eastern part of, the, uh, of Europe there. And uh, it's, it's very similar to the Catholic Church. Uh, that, now, if this, was a, um, if this was a Orthodox church, these walls here would all have paintings on them. 
They'd have, and they'd be religious scenes like John the Baptist, for example, baptizing Jesus in the Jordan River might be painted on there. You might see the resurrection of Christ or Mary at the foot of the cross, uh, weeping, something like that, these, these things. But you know, they're not just pictures. It's taught that these are, these are, are holy icons. The artist that painted these pictures, they believe the artist that painted these pictures were inspired by God the same way the writers were that, that, uh, that uh, wrote that book, that, that wrote this book, the Bible. They believe that same inspiration take, took place in the hand of the artist when he painted these things, and so they pray to these things. And, and uh, this is the kind of thing that stops a person from trusting Christ as, as their Savior. This is, a, this is what causes people to, res, to respond negatively. And uh, if you look at chapter 19, Acts chapter 19, uh, we'll look at verse number 25. Acts 19 and verse 25, uh, we'll, uh, we'll start at um, uh, verse 23. And the, and, and the same time, there arose no small stir about the way, the way being Jesus Christ and the gospel and his death and burial and resurrection. So no small stir about that way for a certain man named, Demet <coughs> a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, well, made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain to the craftsmen whom he called together with the, with the workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, ye see and hear uh, that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned much people away, saying that they, that they be no gods, which are made with hands. And so uh, here we see another, another purpose or another reason is business, money, greed, these kind of things. Now, were these guys against the message that he was preaching? Did they, did they say anything against Jesus Christ here? No, they didn't. What was the problem? Their problem was as they were losing money. That was their problem, the, the greed and the money, the, the money part of it. Uh, verse number 25, um, verse 25, he called together the men of like occupation, says, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth. What was the craft? They made these little Diana idols and sold them to the people so that they could pray to her and worship her and all this stuff. And by making these idols, they got paid for it. And that was their business, their wealth, and it was affecting their business. So there's greed involved there. And there's money involved in verse 20. But not only that, but also power. They had a power over the people because they made the idols that the people needed. And so they had to come to them, and that made them important people. And so they, they were trying to protect because of greed, and they were trying to protect their money and their position and their, their place of power. And so they were doing all of these things, and they had the, the message itself they didn't care about. What they cared about is that they weren't going to be able to sell their idols. Uh, so verse 27, he says there, he says, so... That so that not only this, our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed, of whom all Asia and the world worship. 
uh, worshipeth. And so he says that uh, our craft is in danger. And the great temple is in danger. And so it was greed and, and a lust for power and money that was uh, influencing these men as they reacted in a negative way to the gospel. And then if we could look uh, at Acts chapter number 24. Acts 24, verse number 1. It said, and, five, and after five days, Ananias, the high priest, descended with the, uh, with the elders and with a certain orator named Tertullus, who informed the governor against Paul. So now Paul, of course, had been uh, arrested, and the Jews wanted to, uh, to bring him to Jerusalem and uh, to destroy him, to kill him for his preaching of the gospel and for his, for his conversion and his faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, he was being held, and, the gov and so the Jewish, the high priest, who did they come to? They came to the governor, and so also government. Can be, a, can be a problem. Government can pre prevent somebody from being saved. Um, for example, um, if you, if, 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 in this particular case, they came to the government so that the, the spiritual leaders came to the government to do their wicked bidding. And isn't that what happened? It wasn't technically, uh, uh, it wasn't the Jews that put Jesus to death that crucified him. It was the Roman government. Of course, the Jews were behind it, but they used the government to carry out their dirty work. And so, and here again, they're trying to do the same thing to get the governor to, contend, to, to uh, condemn Paul to death for his preaching. And so there becomes this unholy alliance, if you will, between the religious leaders and the government. And, the, and that alliance is uh, for the purpose of stamping out the gospel, stamping out Paul's preaching to destroy him so he doesn't preach anymore. And so the uh, so religion and government become uh, aligned here for that purpose, and they do it through laws, they do it through persecution. That's what they did in the time of Paul, and we've seen per the the, uh, the history of persecution among the church, among Baptists, all through time. Uh, the uh, uh, through the through up to and through the Reformation and and uh, the 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 um, uh, Spanish inquest and all of these things, it's reli it's religious persecution, but with the government being involved in that, and so it it has uh, and, and so it becomes. Uh, a team effort, if you will, between religion and the government and uh, to pass laws that are able to persecute them and, uh, uh, the, uh, and the religion becomes a threat to the government system. Uh, if you look at verse number 5 in this verse 24, we found this man, a pestilent fellow, a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. And so this is a dangerous man. This guy is dangerous. He's a pestilent fellow. He's a mover of sedition. He's a ringleader of this terrible sect, the Nazarenes. See, they make him out to be this horrible, horrible criminal. And unfortunately, in many places, that's how uh, gospel preachers, Bible preachers are looked at, as they're these horrible criminals. Um, I had a friend who was uh, deported from a country once, and, and he was deported for preaching the gospel. And you know what they said? They said that he was deported because he was a danger to the government there. He was a danger to the state of that, 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 that country. And uh, what did he, what was his crime? Was he a murderer? Did he do something like that? No, he preached the gospel. 
and he was a danger to the country and a danger to the state. And, and uh, so they deported him. And that's the thing is oftentimes that can be the threat to the religious system. That's what uh, the, uh, the persecution of the Catholics was all about. It was a danger to the power structure and to the, to the Roman government that was intertwined with that Roman Catholic Church. And so they were trying to, to stamp that out and get rid of all these guys that were a danger to their system. And that goes back even to the, to the desire for power and to stay in power. And, uh, and, uh, and so then what happens is laws are... Uh, Laws are, uh, uh, are, are made and constructed in order to, uh, to restrict and prevent religious activity. Uh, and if you look at verse 6 of verse 24 there, it says, Who has gone about to profane the temple whom we took and would have judged according to our law. And so they pass these laws and they make these laws. And, and it's interesting, Moses, the, the, the writer of the law, if you will, we know God wrote the law, but uh, God's the author. Moses wrote the law down. But here was Moses writing down God's law. And Moses said that there would come a prophet after me and to hear him. Yet Jesus came, that prophet, and they didn't hear him. They crucified him. And those after him preached his name and they wouldn't hear him. They tried to persecute him. They tried to destroy him. They tried to kill him. Uh, even up to this time, that happens in, 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 in many countries where it's very dangerous for a person to say that they're a gospel preacher. It's very dangerous for people to know that. And, and so um, it still goes on today. We don't see so much of it, but we're seeing a little bit of it now here, aren't we? with this uh, coronavirus business and how they're, how they're, uh, um, I was reading something the other day, they're letting, you know, how is it right that you can go in line? The other day uh, I was in line in, uh, uh, where was it? Uh, Arby's, I guess it was. I waited in line, made my order, got my order. But, uh, and I was in my car and the others were in our cars and that was okay. But to go and drive to a church and stay in your car and hear the church, uh, the, the preacher preach, somehow that's different and that's wrong. You see, that's a persecution. And, uh, and uh, so it, it does still go on today. It's not just for this time. But uh, it's nothing new, but it started perhaps here. And, and so these are, these are things that can prevent us people from, from believing the gospel, prejudice, philosophy, religion, business, and government. Uh, so now, what do we do about it? That's the question. Now, how, what can be done about it? And so, now I'd like to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 for, for a moment. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 5. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse number 5. Uh, we'll read 4 and 5. Uh, so, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, sorry, but mighty through, through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So what is the solution? What is it? What can we do? To help with this, it's spiritual warfare. It's praying. 
it's Christians praying and asking God to open the hearts of these uh, of these that have these prejudicial uh, thoughts of these that uh, have philosophy as their uh, as their, uh, their their main goal in life and education and those things and those that are religious and those that are greedy and have business and have business on their minds and these in the government, we need to pray that God, to God to pull those strongholds down. Now, what is a stronghold that he's talking about here? A stronghold is a lie that the devil tells you. It's a lie that the devil tells you and you believe. And because of that, and somebody told the, told the lie that Diana, that, that idol Diana, was the one to pray to. That's a stronghold. And we have to pray to pull those strongholds down. And so... Uh, uh, and how do we do that? We cast down imaginations. What is that? Every high thing, anything that is higher, anything that is higher, higher, more higher, highly regarded, anything that is considered of more value than the knowledge of God, those things have to be pulled down so that people can, can receive the gospel. We've got to get these things, prejudice and philosophy, religion, business, government. There's others. This is just a few, but we pull those things down and get those out of the way, and then the heart can be opened to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so uh, that's what we need to do. And how do we pull those down? Through prayer. Through prayer. Now I know we always talk. We, we talk often about those uh, those spiritual weapons. Uh, our sheet, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, the girdle of truth, the blessed breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. But the last thing it says there is praying always. And so prayer is part of our spiritual warfare. It's part of our spiritual weapons. We have the 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 helmet, the shield. The, the, our, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, the girdle of truth for defense. But for offense, we have the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and we have prayer. And uh, I think that prayer is the least utilized weapon that we have. And so we need to pray and we need to pull down those strongholds, those lies, those falsehoods that men believe. Uh, and uh, and then we, we defeat those strongholds uh, by exposing them to the word of God. That's how you, how do you convince somebody that something isn't true? By showing them the truth. By showing them the truth. And the truth uh, lies within the word of God. And so anything that's higher than God, anything that has, that, that, that doesn't have, uh, that, that, that uh, is, uh, the person is more focused on, than God, than the gospel, than Jesus Christ. Those things have to be pulled down so that the proper, so that people have their attention on the proper thing. And once they got, once we have their attention, then we can, then we can uh, get somewhere. I can remember as a boy, my dad would always say, "Look at my eyes." When he wanted to talk to me, he look at me. So why did he do that? Because he wanted me to look at his eyes. So that he knew that I had that he had my attention. So he knew that I was hearing him, and that's what we have to do: is we pull down those strongholds, we cast down those imaginations, those high things that exalt themselves against God, against the knowledge of Him. We pull those down, and then we've got their focus in the right place, and then we can speak to them. And then, when they have the proper attention, we can we can. Uh, uh, 
focus in on Christ's character, on his sinlessness, on Christ's sacrifice that he made for us. And uh, so we're to bring all that stuff, we're to cast uh, down those imaginations, those high things, and uh, bring them into, the, into captivity and every thought to what? Obedience. To the obedience of Christ. And so we get that, we get the, the attention on the proper thing, and then obedience to Christ's command, to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and then these people can receive Christ as their Savior. So it starts with the preaching, but there has to be those behind that are praying and bringing down, casting down those imaginations, pulling down those strongholds. And uh, missionaries like myself, we rely on folks like you helping us to pull down those strongholds, to cast down those imaginations, to bring those thoughts into the obedience of Christ. And so we need folks to be praying. And so uh, I, I just want to say two things, and that is this. So, so we want you to pray for us, pray with us, that God would pull those strongholds down. That's the one side of it. And the other side of it is, is maybe, maybe you're listening, maybe you're watching, and you've not trusted Christ as your Savior. And uh, so today, maybe one of these or another reason you've resisted or haven't done it yet. But this is your chance to focus on Jesus Christ and, and to uh, put aside all those other things and get saved. And so as, a, as the Christians pray and as the preachers preach, those that hear, those, those imaginations, those high things, those things that are higher than God, those are pulled aside. And now the attention is in the right place and people can hear and they can receive the gospel. So let's pray. Our Heavenly Father God, I pray that you would just uh, um, bless here today, Lord, as I said, maybe there's someone that hasn't trusted Christ as their Savior yet, and they need to, and maybe they've been wrestling with it. Lord, uh, today I pray, Father, that you would help them, that you would give them clarity, and that they would see their need. And Lord, I pray that you would challenge us as Christians to pray and bring those imaginations, those high things down to the obedience of Christ, that the focus can be on the right things. And Lord, we just pray, Father, that... Uh, you would bless and that the Holy Spirit would have his will and way. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.